KMTT, Kimitzion, Tetzei Torah, Udvar Hashem, Yerushalayim. www.kimitzion.org Having a new week. Today is Monday. As on every Monday, today's shiur will be the shiur in the mitzvah HaShavuit, the weekly mitzvah, Harav Binyamin Tavori. This week, we will read Parashat Sav, but inasmuch as this is Shabbat HaGadol, the Shabbat just before Pesach, the Shir today will discuss a mitzvah of Pesach, namely the mitzvah of Sipur Yitzhiyat Mitzrayim, the halacha of telling the story of Yitzhiyat Mitzrayim. This is listed in the Rambam Sefer Mitzvahs as one of the Tayag Mitzvahs, Mitzvahs Asei, L'sapir Benisim Beniflos, the mitzvah is to tell the story of all the amazing miracles and wonders that HaKadosh Baruch Hu did for us in Mitzrayim. Now, it's been pointed out by many, many people that there is a mitzvah, a daily mitzvah, of Zechiras Mitzrayim. The Torah says, Leman tizkaris yom Mitzrayim ko There's a mitzvah to remember the day that we left Mitzrayim all the days of our life. This daily mitzvah is the source, of course, of a famous machlokas that we say in the Haggadah, as to how we darshan, how we explain the word, kol yimei chayacha. The word kol, every, came to include something. So, as we well know from the Haggadah, one opinion is, yimei chayacha hayamim. If the Torah had only said yimei chayacha, then I would have thought this is a day mitzvah, a mitzvah that's to be done once daily. Kol yimei chayecha halelos. The Torah said every day in order to include that not only do we have to do this in the daytime, we have to do this at the nighttime as well. In other words, we have to recite Zechiras Mitzrayim twice a day, both a day and night. Of course, we do do this, both in Shacharit, in Ma'ariv, both in the morning prayers and the evening prayers, we mention Yitziat Mitzrayim. Not only do we mention it in Kriyashma, of course, the third parish of Kriyashma, Ani Hashem Lokeichem Asher Otzeit Yetchem Me'at Mitzrayim, when we recite the parsha about Tzitzis, which ends with Yitziat Mitzrayim, but then when we say Emes V'yatsiv or Emes V'amunah, the part of the, of the davening that immediately comes after Kriyashma, we again talk about Yitzhak Mitzrayim. In fact, an interesting observation was made that women are not required to say Kriyashma. Kriyashma is a mitzvah sa'aseisha which women are technically not required to say. The Shulchan Aruch says that it's a good idea for women to say Kriyashma, and that itself is an issue that should be discussed, but the Mishnah in, in Brachas, the Mishnah says quite clearly that women are pater from the basic mitzvah called Kriyashma. Nevertheless, it is quite possible, that's a source of a big machlokas, whether women are involved or required in, in Zechiras Mitzrayim, in the daily mitzvah of Lamantizka, Siyam Tzeischam, Mitzrayim, some opinions are that women are chayv medaraisa, actually there are three opinions, some say that women are indeed pater, because it's a mitzvah sasei shazman grama. Others say they're chayiv midaraisa, and still others say they're chayiv midrabanan. So this mitzvah, of the daily mitzvah, Zechiras Mitzrayim, certainly is incumbent upon men, and in fact might be incumbent upon women as well.
So many people have asked, why is the night of Pesach different than other nights? It's a cute variation of the famous question of Manishtana. Why is the night of Pesach indeed different than other nights? Other nights were also required to tell the story about Zechiras Mitzrayim. And so why is there a special mitzvah, the night of Pesach? Of course, the issue is compounded by the fact that the Rambam counts in the Minyan HaMitzvahs, in his list of 613 mitzvahs, the Rambam does count the mitzvah of telling the story the night of Pesach, but the Rambam does not count the mitzvah of Zechiras Mitzrayim. That issue, why the Rambam left it out, has been a source of controversy, and many opinions have been raised to explain why the Rambam indeed left out this mitzvah of Zechiras Mitzrayim. And it's noteworthy that, of course, the Rambam does pass in that Zechiras Mitzrayim is required daily, twice a day, Yom in this year, we will not discuss why the Rambam left it out. We will rather discuss what is the difference between the mitzvah of Zechiras Mitzrayim and Sipu Yitzias Mitzrayim. In the Haggadah that is called Haggadah Siach Hagrid, the conversation, the discussion of Hagrid, Hagonor of Yosef Dov Halevi Salavechik, which was published, printed by Rav Salavechik's grandson, Rav Yitzchak Abba Lichtenstein. In that Haggadah, the statement was made in the name of Reb Chaim that there were certain differences between the mitzvah of Zechiras Mitzrayim and Sipo Yitzchak Mitzrayim. I'd like to, in this year, to discuss some of them, as well as discuss other possibilities to explain the difference between the fulfillment of the mitzvah of Zechiras Mitzrayim and Sipo Yitzchak Mitzrayim. The first point that was made there in the Siach Agrid, in the name of Reb Chaim, that Sipu Yitzias Mitzrayim is a long-winded type of thing. Zechiras Mitzrayim is something that you do and you immediately complete the Chiddush. You immediately complete the mitzvah by a short story. There are certain mitzvahs in the Torah that you do once, and once you do them, you finish the mitzvah, and the mitzvah is complete, the mitzvah is over. There are other mitzvahs that it's true you could fulfill them in a shorter amount of time, or in a shorter, shorter version, but the more you do, the more you fulfill the mitzvah. For example, the mitzvah of Kriyashma. It seems that if a person would say Kriyashma once, he certainly fulfills the obligation of Kriyashma. If a person would say it a second time, it doesn't seem to me that he fulfills anything at all. It's true that the, it's, it's still learning Torah. It's always kikori ba Torah. It's always going to be considered that he's reading the Torah. But there's no mitzvah of Kriyashma a second time. A person, for example, that would bench after the meal, he says, Birchat HaMazon. Once he said Birchat HaMazon, he fulfilled the obligation. To say it a second time would simply be a brachal of Atala, would simply be wrong. He would be making a bracha for no purpose, and that would be certainly wrong. In, whereas there's a mitzvah, for example, Tamu Torah. Theoretically, a person could argue how much a person has to learn a day. And it might be possible if a person really who's busy only has uh, 20 minutes in the morning to learn, 20 minutes in the evening to learn, he fulfills perhaps the basic obligation of Tamu Torah. 
But nevertheless, there's no doubt that if a person learns two hours, three hours, four hours, etc., he fulfills the mitzvah of learning Torah every single moment. The mitzvah of Zechiras Mitzrayim, the mitzvah of remembering Mitzrayim, seems to be a, a, a very simple mitzvah. I remembered, I, I, I finished the mitzvah. I do it a second time, I'm not sure if I would fulfill another part of the mitzvah. But Sipa Yitzhiat Mitzrayim is telling a story. We know, I remember from my childhood when I would, used to listen to the babysitter tell a story. What's a good story? A long story. The more you tell this long story, the better off it is. And in fact, the Haggadah says, Kol if a person tells a longer story, it's praiseworthy. It seems that it's praiseworthy because a sipur should be long, all the details should be, or certainly could be included, and there are methods of how to tell a story. Rav added an interesting observation that I'd like to share with you. The Gemara says, the Gemara tells a story about this student who once got up to Davin and sort of made up his own text. He used part of the standard text, but he added some words. Instead of saying what we usually say, he said something like, He made up all beautiful words to discuss, to describe the, the goodness, the greatness of God. Apparently the Chachamim who heard him do this were not very happy with his own innovation. And they said to him, have you completed relating all the glories, all the praise of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? And of course, the answer was, nobody can complete. David HaMelech said in Tehilim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu silences praise. We human beings do not have the adequate vocabulary, the adequate language to praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu the way he should be praised. And of course, we express this idea in davening many times, Ilu, Finu, Kayam, even if our mouths were as filled as the sea is filled with water, even if we would have our mouth, our tongue, with as much capacity as the, as the waves of the ocean, etc., etc., we would never find enough words to praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And this idea is expressed in, in the Akdamus prayer that we say in Rosh Hashanah. We can never do justice to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So the Chachamim said to him, if you can't do justice, then you have no right to begin in the first place. It's improper to do a half job. If your requirement is to praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu and you do a half job, it's better not to say anything. It's just better to be quiet, to stand in awe of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, rather than attempt to praise Him. And the Gemara goes on to say a mashal, a parable. The Gemara mentions a case where a person who was a very simple person, his hasagot, his ideas, his concepts of pav, of richness, of, mag, of magnificent estates, was very limited, a very simple person. So he got up to praise a certain king. The king was renowned for his amazing wealth. And he got up to praise the king and he said, this king owns a Volvo. 
The king heard this and said, that's the praise you give me? That I own a Volvo? Do you know how many vehicles there are in my possession? Do you know the extent of the wealth of my empire? How dare you say that he's so rich he has a Volvo? And of course, the simple person said to me that was that was being extravagant to, to talk about such wealth that he owns a Volvo. And in that case, the Gemara says it would have been better to be quiet. It wouldn't have been proper to begin to praise the king unless you knew how to praise him truly. Rav Hutner therefore pointed out that telling the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim in a sense is blasphemous. How could a person be so audacious as to think that he could do an adequate job? It would have been better to, be, to remain quiet. But Rav Hutner pointed out all this is true when this simple person got up to praise the king of his own volition. He decided that it's time to praise the king and he did not do an adequate job. But says Rav Hutner, what would happen in a case where the king went over to this simple person and told him, I want you to praise me. I want to hear from you the, pra- the praises heaped upon me. And then the simple person recited the same thing we said before. He said, the king owns a Volvo. Then if the king comes to him and complains, why is it that you spoke in such a fashion which does not do me true justice? The defense of the simple person would be, it wasn't my idea. I didn't want to do this. I indeed would have kept quiet. But what could I do? You asked me to do it. I can't turn down a request from the king. So therefore, I tried according to the best of my ability. Whatever I did would be good. Therefore, the Haggadah says, Afilu kulanu chachamim, kulanu nevonim, kulanu zekenim, kulanu yodim no matter who we are. Mitzvah aleinu lesapeh b'tziyas mitzvahim. We are biblically mandated to tell the story. If we're mandated, if we're required to tell the story, then we'll have to try to do it. Even though deep down I know that I cannot do justice to the glory of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but He asked me to do it. Therefore, I'll try to do my best. Kol therefore the Haggadah continues, V'chol Anybody who continues telling the story to the best of his ability, I raise a Meshavach, it's proper. To the exclusion of the fact that had we not been commanded, it indeed would have almost been blasphemous to try to praise the Kaddish Baruch Hu. So we pointed out one major difference between Zechira and Sipur. Zechira is to do the mitzvah, to mention, to note, Yetzirah Mitzrayim, and you finish the mitzvah. Sipur is telling a story, and therefore the length of the story is important. The more details you can have in telling a story is also important. There's another facet of telling a story, which indeed is part of the difference between Zechira and Sipur. When you tell a story, there are methods of how to tell a story. The American story, 
The babysitting stories that I remember from my youth always began with Once Upon a Time. And the stories always ended within the oh, and they lived happily ever after. That beginning and that end, which so notes the stories told to children, have their parallel in halacha in the night of Pesach. The Mishnah says, "Potchim bignut umesaimim b'shevach." You begin the story of Yitzias Mitzrayim. You begin the mitzvah of Sipo Yitzias Mitzrayim by relating the disgrace and the shame of Bnei Israel. In other words, once upon a time. Umesaimim b'shevach. But we end with the praise of. Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Well, the the words actually just means we end with praise. In Zechira, of course, there's no way of how to do Zechira. You just do it and finished. Since Sipur is a story, there's a method of telling a story. There is a machlokas in the Gemara exactly what is the poschim bignus. One opinion is. We begin by saying, Mitchila ovde avodazara hayu avoseinu. We begin by recounting that once upon a time, our fathers, our forefathers, actually worshipped idol worship. V'achshav kervanu hamakam navadasa. But now, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has brought us close to, closer to Him and we serve Him. The other opinion is that we begin this mitzvah of Sipu Yitzhak begins with the gnus, with the shame, with the disgrace of avadim hayinu lefaro b'mitzrayim. We were slaves to a king in an empire. To a king who apparently was a mean king, paro, in an evil empire of Mitzrayim. Interestingly enough, this machlokas seems to be either or. One opinion would say to start from mitchila of the avodah whereas the other opinion would be to start from avodim hayinu. And we do both. It's well known that immediately after Manishtana, we begin with avodim hayinu. And we go through part of the Haggadah, and then we start mitchila of the avodah Now I said we start... You can only start once. You can say both, but you can't start both. But yet the Rambam seems to say that we start both. Rambam says, Maschil me'avadim ayinu, and then later on he says, V'chein maschil mitchil Apparently the Rambam looks at his two sections, and we begin one section this way, and one section that way. And we try indeed to do both. We both say, we say both, mitchila and avadim ayinu. The source or the idea behind this machlokas, is generally understood to be that the real machlokas is, what is the nature of the shame and disgrace that we should mention? Is the shame one of physical denigration that we felt, that we underwent once upon a time? Or is it more proper to talk about the physical problems and trivai that we lived through in the time of Mitzrayim. It's obvious that Mitchila of the Avodah Zarah 
is relating is related to a spiritual decline of the moral fiber of the people at that time. A person who is an Ovedat Vodazara could very well live a very satisfactory physical life. We know that people, be, the Torah tells us that occasionally people who become wealthy can rebel against HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Somehow they'll think that they attained everything by themselves and they worship their own assets, their own life, and they turn away from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So, there's no physical disgrace necessarily involved in being an idol worshiper. But certainly, it's a, phys- it's a spiritual concept of shame that we understand now how misguided we once were. So the opinion that thinks Mitchila of the Avodah Zarah Yovasein was the beginning of, of the Sipu Yitzhak Mitzrayim apparently relates to the spiritual problems that Bnei Yisrael encountered once upon a time. The opinion that says Mitchila of the Mitchila Avadim the Avadim Mitzrayim, the one who says that we begin from discussing the slavery in Mitzrayim, is referring to the fact that we worked very hard. Not only were we slaves, but a slave who did avodas parach. Avodas parach may be translated in different ways. Avodas parach is considered to be back-breaking work. Some think that it was physically back-breaking, while others think that it was even spiritually back-breaking. One of the opinions of the Medrash is that Avodas Parach was given to break our spirits, not just to break the backs, not to make them work hard. But sometimes, for example, work could be given for no purpose at all. Just, as it were, busy work, but busy back-breaking work, and apparently the physical suffering of slavery was exacerbated by the fact that they knew at the end there was no purpose. It seems that the Medrash understood the psychology of people to be that even back-breaking work, extremely difficult physical work, may be tolerated when a person can see the benefit of such work. When at the end, he sees some sort of light at the end of the tunnel. He knows he accomplished something. He goes to sleep tired, broken, but with a spirit of pride he did something. But sometimes, according to the Medrash, the Mitzrim gave us avodas parach for no purpose at all. At the end of the day, the work was completely dismantled. Everything that they had built was taken apart. This is not only physical denigration, it's spiritual denigration as well. In the Halacha, we find traces of the fact that there is a spiritual problem in being an Eved as well. One of the points of being an Eved is that he's under the control of a master. And the master controls his life. He tells him when to work, and he can tell him when to rest. There's no such thing as a 9 to 5 workday for a slave. Eved is a slave who is at the whims of his master. And therefore... A slave has no time awareness. An Ebed Kanani, a non-Jewish slave, 
It's a complicated halachic situation because he is, in a way, partly Jewish. He becomes partially converted, perhaps totally converted, when he becomes an Evid Kanani. And as, when a person is an Evid Kanani, he's obligated in mitzvos, but he's obligated in mitzvos the same way that a woman is obligated in mitzvos. Namely, he is exempt from mitzvos asei shaz mangrama. He's exempt from the mitzvos that are contingent upon time. Now, without going into the issue why women are exempt from time-related mitzvahs, it is easy to understand why an Eved is exempt from such mitzvahs. An Eved really does not have time awareness. The time is not his own. It belongs completely to his master. In that respect, being an Eved is not merely a physical denigration, but there is spiritual shame and disgrace at the same time. He is broken spiritually because he has no concept of time. Therefore, he cannot really serve God. He's busy serving his master. Interestingly enough, the first mitzvah that Bnei Yisrael were given when they left Mitzrayim is HaChodesh Hazel Lachem Rosh Chodeshim. This month is given to you to be Rosh Chodesh. And of course, we remember that Chazal explained, HaChodesh HaZelachem, it's your month. B'nai Yisrael determine when the Rosh Chodesh is. They determine when the new moon should be sanctified. They determine when Yom Tov should be. Even if they would make a mistake inadvertently or perhaps even intentionally. They control time. The big difference between being a slave and being a free man the Torah here points out the slave was exempt from mitzvos relating to time. The, 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 the freed person now controls time. The mitzvah of time is given in, into his hands. So, the machlokas of poschim bignus does have in it elements of physical shame and spiritual shame, and this is the component, or an important component of Sipo Yitzhak Mitzrayim, of telling the beginning of the story as well as the happy ending. The happy ending, by the way, the Shvach, is not mentioned in the Gemara at all. The Gemara just says, Mesayim B'Shevach. But the Gemara has a Machlokes, what the Gnus is. And another time, we could really discuss what's the parallel of the Shevach. And perhaps we could suggest all kinds of different ideas, what the Shevach is, and perhaps it would be related to this Machlokas, what the Gnus is, and therefore we'll somehow figure out what the Shevach is. I'd like to point out another difference between telling the story and between Zechira, between just remembering the story. When I was young, I remember hearing a story about Reb Chaim, the story may be, might have been told about any child prodigy. But there's a story that a father met or was discussing things with his, with his child who was considered a prodigy. And as was the style of the times, the father would sort of test the child, ask him questions and see what he knows and see the way he thinks. One of the questions he asked him is, there's a machlokas in the Gemara if he were a Kedibur dummy or he were a Lav Kedibur dummy. 
There's a machlokas in the in the Gemara if thought is considered like speech or not. For example, things that have to be said. Can a person, instead of saying them, can he just think them in his mind and fulfill the mitzvah? For example, Talmud Torah certainly can be fulfilled by thought. There, although speech is a preferred method of learning, it seems fairly simple that a person who would think Torah also fulfills the mitzvah. But let's say saying Kriyashma. To recite the words of Kriyashma is a biblical requirement. Would we pass in that hero Kedibur Dami, that thinking is the same as speech, or not? So the young man was tested and asked, how do we paskin? Hirur Kedibur Dami, or Hirur Lav Kedibur Dami? And his response was that many people think Hirur Kedibur Dami, thought is the same as speech. So the father then looked at his son, was silent for 30 seconds, and said, if Hirur is Kedibur, if thought is like speech, in those 30 seconds I thought of a question. And since thinking is the same as speaking, I asked you the question. Please give me the answer. The clever son thought for 30 seconds, turned to his father and said, I just told it to you. I thought it. And the same way that you thought your question is the same as speaking, my thinking the answer is also the same as the speaking. The point of the story is, of course, that thinking might be considered speech but only in a mitzvah that relates to God. If I have to say Kriyashma, and it's a biblical obligation, between me and God, therefore I could perhaps fulfill this obligation by thought. Zechiras Mitzrayim, since Zechiras Mitzrayim means to remember, perhaps remembering need not be done orally. Perhaps, I could think about it. However, Sipur Yitzhak Mitzrayim is to tell a story. And telling the story is not merely to tell the story to oneself. The mitzvah of Sipur Yitzhak Mitzrayim is really to tell the story to others. The Torah says many times, Tell it to your son. You should say many times, the Torah says, you recite it. It's a mitzvah to tell other people, primarily to tell the children, to tell your child, but to tell anyone. Even if we would all be scholars. Two Talmud who sit together says the Mishnah, they have to tell each other the story. You're supposed to tell each other. If you tell each other, Hiwur would not be take the place of speech. So in this shiur, we have mentioned certain differences between the mitzvah of Zechiras Mitzrayim and Sipo Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Zechiras Mitzrayim, the daily mitzvah, is basically a mitzvah that we do in a very brief moment. Perhaps it can be done by thought. It need no elaboration. Sipo Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, on the other hand, is a mitzvah which is unique to the night of Pesach, the mitzvah then is to tell the story, and therefore, as it were, there are laws, there are halachas of how to tell a story. You begin with a, an, with a beginning, you end with an ending, you tell the story 
as long as possible, and you tell the story to others too. The ultimate challenge of telling the story is to be a method actor. To enter the situation where a person leaves Mitzrayim himself. The real concept of telling the story is not just to tell it, but to relive it. Although the Ramam's version is slightly different, the idea is that a person should try to feel existentially as if he is himself leaving Mitzrayim. And therefore, the Haggadah continues, therefore, since a person himself is leaving Mitzrayim, Therefore, we're obligated to praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to say before Him Shira, to praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hallelujah.